I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I only, I went, I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. And I left home when I was 10 years old because I was hungry. And I used to, this is, this is true. I work in the summer and I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. He was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher. Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell. And he says, uh, <clears throat> He says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. One more item. Here's something a lot of us have in common. Broken appliances. Broken air conditioner. Broken down heating system. Broken down washer dryer. Broken down refrigerator. And if you're a homeowner, you know just how expensive it is to get one of those things fixed, let alone what happens if more than one appliance breaks down at the same time. Well, if you're a homeowner, you can get all of your appliances on a warranty plan that guarantees protection for all of your home appliances in case they break down. And best of all, it will only cost you about a dollar a day. Call the Home Service Club at 800-264-3168, 800-264-3168. The call is free, and if you're one of the first 25 callers, your first month membership in the Home Service Club will also be free. Home Service Club, warranty plan, Guarantees protection for all of your appliances for less than a dollar a day. 800-264-3168. 800-264-3168. Hi, this is Hank Garrett. You're listening to TV Confidential. Robertson along, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen. We bring you this week in TV history. And Tony's segment is always brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble fly shows every Wednesday night here in Studio City, as well as every Friday night on the radio, Passionate World Radio, PRWtalk.com. For more information on Story Salon, go to StorySalon.com. What do you have for us tonight, Tony? All right. So we have July 18th, 1913, so 100 years ago. Uh, it was the birth of Richard Bernard Skelton, better known as Red Skelton. Good night and God bless. Yes, that was his famous catchphrase. Uh, there's wonderful stuff of, of Red on YouTube, and, and I think we are of the age that we still remember his Tuesday night yeah. variety Friday, show. Yeah. Do I have to explain what a variety show is? Uh, I, I've had to in the past, and he had that wonderful show, and he had all these wonderful guests on and uh, he would do. He had his his regular ensemble of characters, uh, everything from Freddy the Freeloader to the little boy character. He did beautiful pantomime bits, sketches that were all done in pantomime. He also did one of the Lucy Desi comedy hours, mm-hmm. one of the last ones, and mm-hmm. he and Lucy did some beautiful work there. And I would say to anybody who who hates mime, uh, you need to see some of the stuff that Red Skelton did. Uh, this is not the guy in the street corner pretending to be in the plastic box. No, this is truly expressing the art form, what it, in my eyes, what it should be. Yeah. 
This I would say would be more comparable to what Ernie Kovacs did with Eugene, but without props and sound effects necessary, just beautiful orchestrations. You know, he is basically telling a story or a joke or something, but he's just doing it with the uh, skill sets of the mime. And what I liked about the mime, it was brutally honest. Brutally. Yeah. If we were to play word association and you were to say Red Skelton, the word rubber faced immediately pops yeah. up. I mean I know he de- I mean I know that he would use his hands and he would muss up his hair and stuff like that, but he could contort his face in all sorts of directions. Well it was amazing how he could shift characters. And we've seen a lot of talented people that could do that. I mean, you know, look at Jim Carrey's early stand up work, mm-hmm. which w- that's all it was, which was brilliant. But it would be amazing that he could be interviewed by, let's say, Mike Douglas, and they could be talking about one of those characters, and either he would reach off camera, and I, I'm re- you can't see what I'm doing, but he would reach off camera. Tony is reaching off camera. I'm reaching <laughs> off camera. I'm, I'm, I'm using the uh, table as the bottom yes. of the screen. Yes. I don't know why I'm doing it. I just have to do it while well, I'm saying it's it. Well, it's radio. It's radio. I have to physically. We have to create visual we pictures have to cre- for Yeah, I'm doing the visual picture create. But there was usually like one of his hats just off camera, mm-hmm. and he could reach over and turn into that character with the adding of a hat. Or sometimes he would reach into the pocket without you noticing and pull out a comb and part his hair differently or do the Mo Howard bowl cut real quick and turn into that character. I mean, it was kind of like a sleight of hand that he incorporated into some of this. You know, So there was never a, a special effect or a blackout or an obvious edit. He could do that while having an interview, and then a beat later, he's back to being read talking about his career. Uh, it's funny, you, the word association game, the first word that came to my mind was clown. Yeah, that's a good one. As a child, I was deathly afraid of clowns. I mean, I don't think that's unusual. But I love Red Skelton. And yes, we would see him in clown makeup. I did not care for those characters. I mean, he was brilliant. He could be a clown without the makeup. And to me, as a kid, that was one way I could truly appreciate a clown. That was my clown. And it was brilliant. And I didn't understand why the other clowns couldn't do what he did. I don't think they would have been able to, many of them. Did he have a radio show? I believe he did do some stuff. Yes, he did have a radio show. That's where And God Bless comes from. Okay. That was on, on, on radio, on NBC radio. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, his show was on NBC television. So he had a long relationship with the Peacock. Uh, but he, yeah, he was on radio. He was uh, of, of that era that made the transition to television. Yeah, uh, because I'm, I'm reading a book on Danny Kay as we record this. And you know, Danny Kay is another comedian who, the, the one difference is where a skeleton you know, was a master of, you know, being a clown, contorting his face, cre- yeah. creating all these, you know, uh, Kay was the, ma- you know, he would, do inflections, and he could say all these fan. You know, mm-hmm. he, he could sing very complicated lyrics, and and one of the few mediums K could not master was radio because he was a visual comic. Yeah, if I remember correctly, you know, even though Skelton was a visual comic, he played well on the radio. He, Skelton had characters that could interact on the radio. Yeah. You know, people passing each other on the street, so he was able to pull that off. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, but he also you know had uh, background in vaudeville. Broadway and nightclubs, you know, casinos. Uh, I mean, you could have seen him, you know, playing the room at you know, one of the major casinos once upon a time. So uh, I, he was very diverse. But I think there, of that era, you really did have to be schooled in a little bit of everything. You didn't have to be the best dancer, but you had to know how to dance. Right. 
uh, because if one of the chorus boys broke it, sprained his ankle backstage, they'd throw the comic on to fill his place. That was just part of it. So he had a lot of different uh, skills that he would be going to. So he could have full-fledged char- characters and sketches with sets and props, or he could just be working in front of uh, you know, the equivalent to a black box theater type setting or a curtain in front of him wearing a tuxedo and just doing everything right, just like he would have done in his uh, nightclub act. You know, you would see it on camera, pretend to be live, but, you know, with no edits, no cuts, no nothing, no special effects. It was just pure him. I remember his show ended, uh, the Red Skelton show ended in 71. The last season aired on CBS. I'm trying to remember, I believe he was on almost as long as Sullivan. I think you're right. Yeah, he, he had a really good run. Something else I, now comes to mind about Skelton is... He used to laugh at his own jokes. Sometimes he would be laughing before he could get the punchline out, mm-hmm. which was very charming. He could pull it off, but there was a certain charm and an honesty, and it wasn't, I, I don't think, any ego thing. I think that's just who he was. And uh, I do remember also in the 80s, this is 10 years after his variety show went off the air, he did an HBO special. But it was, you know, him in a tuxedo, you know, so, you know, one month you might see George Carlin, the next two months later you might have seen Richard Pryor, but there was a, a month of uh, of Red Skelton doing that, and people loved it. And it wasn't a matter that he was too old-fashioned or he wasn't, you know, cutting. He was the same guy, and this guy had his, you know, his his sense of what what you could do, and I think he knew that the public already saw him a certain way, and uh, he delivered, basically. It's like, I've missed seeing you every Tuesday night on my shows uh, for the last 10 years, so it's great to be with you. And people loved him. And the Carlins and the Kleins and all those people who had those great on-location specials all admired this guy. 20 the, years. Uh, yeah, tw- I'm sorry. 20 years. 20 years. 51 yeah. to 71. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I think what you have to say with a talent like Red Skelton, I mean, what the, the term you hear all the time is out here, talent will always rise to the top. Mm-hmm. And talent prevails. I think Red Skelton personifies both of those phrases. Yeah, uh, the the one YouTube thing that seems to be the most popular is him delivering the Pledge of Allegiance, and it's not yes. a comedy bit, but it it is something uh, I think everyone should see. And 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 there is a, a little morality and patriotism in it, and you may subscribe to what he believed or or, or not, but. It, I think it strikes home with everyone because I would say most of us were made to memorize it and not know what we were saying. Because I remember, let's see, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. Uh, I thought it was one nation under God who's invisible. A uh, lot of us did. And to the republic for which it stands. I don't know why witches were included. Right. I don't know if yeah. it was uh, reparations for what happened in Salem. or, But it was, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we're using the word witches and, and, and God's invisible. invisible. And, and so we said, and he actually talked, to, and it was a monologue about a teacher who stopped the class in the middle of it and said, you guys keep saying it, but. Do you know what you're saying? And they played a little patriotic music in the background, and he dissected each line in the Pledge of Allegiance and defined what it meant. And it's uh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And it is interesting because uh, this must have been recorded in the late 60s, early 70s, and uh, he, re- he recites it the way that he did before Under God was added. And 
you, so this must have been about 10, 15 years after Under God. And even then, the uh, issue of Under God was being debated. And he was talking about, you know, isn't it a shame that this would be prayers? So, you know, some people are using it to, you know, promote keeping it. Uh, other people are just, you know, promoting that it wasn't always there. Uh, but still, it is very powerful that he is talking, paying tribute to a teacher that is explaining exactly what we all were taught to say and didn't know what we were saying. And, uh, yeah, so if anybody watches it, it is, you know, something to be seen because it's just so beautiful. And, and for something, a variety show that's a comedy, you know, comedy based, I mean, it's, it's very powerful. And, um, it also reminds me of one of his mimes, uh, bits. It was a spectator at a parade. And all you see is a guy standing in the crowd with other people looking at everything that is passing by on the parade route. And you, not only in his performance, can you see the people who are standing in front of him and the people who are standing alongside him and the people who are standing by him because in his mime, he is kind of, you know, craning to look over somebody. But also you see everyone who passes in the parade and how he has a different emotional response to the clowns, to the veterans that are marching in the parade, all of those things, and, and uh, it was really beautiful when all the veterans are marching because he takes off his hat, he puts his hand over his heart, he is basically shedding a tear, he is showing reverence, and then something more comical passes by. But it is amazing, the power of that one bit. So much that's not there that you could totally see. And I think, speaking of something to see, uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention his his work as a painter. I think uh, one of his most famous paintings is Carol Burnett as a clown. He did clown paintings. Mm-hmm. And usually when he would do the talk show circuit, uh, and for some reason Mike Douglas has always come to mind, there would always be a, a segment where he is showing off some of his paintings. And some of them uh, were oils, some were sketches. But I think everybody's favorite, he did one of Carol Burnett as a clown. And it is it is uh, really a beautiful interpretation of Carol Burnett as a clown. It is, it is wonderful, and it's just you know part of the whole package of, of who he was, and just you know a wonderful uh, guest to have on a talk show, a wonderful uh, anchor, and uh, it's it's amazing. All this time has passed since you know he's been gone, but he is you know still very very uh, in, important in our television history, and I think also the the history of American comedy. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, you talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised, third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, 
please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.